Today on Hold the Middle, Stephen and I get two tickets to enter into Willy's Wonderland. We're two busy dads who don't have time to watch the whole movie. So we watch just the beginning and end of a movie, then try our best to fill in the gap. I'm Dan. I'm Steven. And And this this is Hold the Middle. (laughs) I wrote down at the top of my notes here, I said, I'm going to do this episode as Nick Cage's character in Willy's Wonderland. (laughs) So I'm doing it by myself? Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) have fun. Okay. I'll just look at you and grunt a couple times. Yeah, I wish we were doing it on video. Then you really could. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good. I'd put on some sunglasses and... Just stare at the camera. Maybe season two. We can do some video. <laughs> I think you can only see the video on Spotify, though, or I'd have to post it to um, YouTube. You put it on YouTube. Yeah. Let's get into Willy's Wonderland. This was one of three movies that came out in 2021 for Nick Cage. Um, kind of a, a a disappointing year by his standards. Yeah, really. But I, I think this is at the point where he's being more decisive on what jobs he takes Mm because he did the 10 years of just taking every job that landed in his lap and uh, i believe he's paid his debts and now he can be a little bit more decisive Um, but the other two movies i've actually never even heard of prisoners of the ghost land but i have seen pig which i liked a lot and he got really good reviews for pig didn't he he did he got like award talk for pig yeah i want to watch it I don't know if he was actually nominated for anything, but um, yeah, that, that definitely got some buzz. And it's a different, it's a different uh, version of Nick Cage and Pig. I've not even seen the trailer. I did read about it and I thought I want to watch this, but I kind of wanted to wait for my wife to see if she wanted to see it. Yeah, it's good. Um this one has a runtime of hour and 28 minutes, just under oh, that short. 90 minute mark. Yeah, very short. Uh, I noticed it was rated TVMA and yeah. I looked into it a little bit. And this was originally intended to be released in theaters in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. But obviously that that time period, um, you know, things got either kicked down the road or went to straight to video on demand. Uh, so they decided to just release this through video on demand. I see. Interesting. Yeah, I did see something that it was supposed to be a uh, simultaneous release. I think this could have done okay at the box office if it was in theaters, especially around Halloween. But from what I saw, it only made $500,000 through uh, VOD sales on a Probably $5 a million dollar budget. Probably a streamer though. Yeah. Uh, what else do you know about this movie going into it? Okay. So going into it, not much. Um, I, I really didn't know anything about it going into it. I'd heard of it like some of his other things, but I've never, I'd never really read about it. So I was happy to just start the movie and figure it out. Yeah. I did notice um, distributed by screen media, Yep, which we talked about with Grand Isle, right? Mm-hmm. That's the distribution company that's owned by Chicken Soup for the entertainment or Chicken Soup for the soul entertainment. That's right. That's a mouthful. And Landmark Studio Group, which is a subsidiary of Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. 
it was produced by Landmark, a couple other companies, and also uh, Cage's Saturn Films. Yeah, I wanted to say something about Landafar. Landafar is another Landafar Entertainment is another one of the companies that worked on this. Relatively new, can't find much on it. Looks like they've done like ten movies. I thought they had a pretty sophisticated card. Um, one of the movies they did starred Selma Hayek, Pierce Brosnan, and Jessica Alba. It's called Some Kind of Beautiful, and it's from. I think 2015. And I thought it was interesting. I looked up a uh, website called film and television industry Alliance production list.com, which shows uh, subscribers to their website, which films are currently in production. Uh, and the only thing that they had as an ongoing project uh, for land afar was Wally's wonderland, <laughs> which, which I thought was is it was it a typo on behalf of the production company or was it a typo on behalf of productionlist.com so uh, also there's a story behind it's not that. up to date it's not up to date that's not lo any longer in production yeah that's true and this movie was originally called Wally's Wonderland gotcha okay I, so it's they're not to blame yeah i think it was originally a short film maybe and that was called Wally's Wonderland and at some point they change it to Willie's. I wonder why. Is there any? Maybe we can find that out. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Cage Cage produced this movie too. I think yeah. this uh, he was the you know person that sort of kickstarted this movie. He somehow he got his hands on the script, really liked it, and decided to produce and star in it. Interesting. And I, I guess talk about and it. maybe remove all of his lines from the script. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, is the first this is the first movie I think of all the nine we have now done that he doesn't have a line in the first 10 minutes. That's true. There was wasn't there a movie where he wasn't even in the first 10 minutes? There was, right? We were like really disappointed. I think there was somewhere he didn't show up until the very end. Oh, um and, it might have been 211. And Arsenal, he wasn't really there until the very yeah, end. Yeah, that's right. At, at least he's in a good a good bit of this. Um, yeah, you know what? You're right. 211. I don't know if we ever see him. No, I don't think we saw him at all in the first 10 minutes. And we, yeah. we questioned continuing with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank goodness we are still going on. Yep. For the, for um, the listeners. So this was directed by Kevin Lewis, who I looked up and he has not had any credits since 2007. He hasn't done anything in 15 years, and somehow he gets pulled out of the, the, the woodwork to direct this movie. Written by a guy named G.O. Parsons. And I looked him up. His only other writing credit is Shark Week, uh, which I found funny. What What has he written for Shark Week? A promo? It's not really a thing you write. Um, it was some shark show. Maybe he wrote like the, I don't know. People have to write like the narration for those things. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I didn't recognize anybody from the supporting casts. No, oh, actually, no, I did. I recognized one person. Who? Uh, her name is Beth Grant. Is she the cop? She's the sheriff. What has she been in? I can't, I can't place her. I, I wrote down, she's the only one I recognize from the supporting cast, but I couldn't, I know she always plays like a, wacky kind of kooky person scatterbrained but i couldn't place her in a movie all right what else i know doing? exactly where you know her from okay so i i looked her up and she's got like a hundred credits yes um 
her, you know, her top movies I saw in there were like No Country for Old Men okay. and Little Miss Sunshine. But where I know her from, and I'll bet where you know her from, she played Dwight's babysitter in the dinner party episode of The Office. Yeah, I don't, I mean, that all sounds familiar. Actually, it's No Country for Old Men that seemed the most familiar. Um, but I wonder if there's even more. There's, I, she's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, the, the, the dinner party is probably, might be my favorite Office episode. I've really? seen it a dozen times. It's the one, is this the one where Michael has the uh, tiny TV? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. All right. Should we get started? Yeah. Well, yeah get started with the prologue. Uh, okay. So we start at uh, Chucky, a Chuck E. Cheese type place. And it looks like a couple of people are being terrorized. They're both very scared. And some kitty type music is playing saying like, it's your birthday, that kind of thing. And uh, they are, they're terrified and they run down a hall, uh, but the guy gets dragged back to where they came from. And I also noticed they both were wearing these awesome, like Chuck E. Cheese type, like ringer shirts that said Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, he, he gets like pulled down and dragged away and I couldn't tell what got him. <laughs> you don't see it, but there's this hilarious laugh that's like, <laughs> and the girl's like, Carl! Carl, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, His scream was pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. It was like, ooh, 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 ah. <laughs> I would love to share some audio from these things. I'm not exactly sure if we're allowed. Uh, there are podcasts that do it. Yeah, I wonder. I just don't know what rights those podcasts have, or if they're. I think the rule of thumb is you just do it, and then if you get sued, you deal with it later. Right. Yeah. Great. I, I'm a little bit more prudent than that. I don't know. A little scared. Uh, so she keeps going. There's lights popping. She's alone in the dark. It looked to me like there was a little girl in there watching her. Did you see that? Oh, I saw the little girl or the okay. woman finds the little girl. She does. Okay. But then she sees that there's a TV, an old TV playing a commercial for, I think, Willie's Wonderland. Right. That's where that's where the that song is coming from, that TV, like the happy okay. birthday song. And um, then she screams and there's a blood splatter on the TV. Yeah, we never see anything other no. than the blood. That's probably how it, they keep their G rating for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the implication is, is that the animatronics at this Willy's Wonderland are attacking the customers. Something in there is. You think it's the animatronics? I do. Come to life or there's someone inside them dressed as them? I think they come to life. There's a whole, um, there's a whole thing with teenagers, because uh, I have a couple of teenagers that are obsessed with, like these YouTube videos of horror versions of Chuck E. Cheese characters. What? Yeah, and that's I think this is kind of based on that. Like it's it's a pretty popular um, genre for teenagers, like these videos of about animatronics coming to life and murdering people. That's uh, disturbing. Mm-hmm. I, how totally off topic. Do you think that in the future, maybe it's already started, but like 20, 30 years down the line, there will be a generation that stops using phones like we use now, iPhones and droids and all this stuff. 
goes back to a, uh, I think what they call it is like a dumb phone. And it comes out that phones will be like our generation's cigarettes and they'll start come with start. They'll start coming with warning labels that these phones weren't good for us, maybe mentally or physically that they are doing anything to our brain. Um, but our generation will be like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Just like people were with cigarettes. I don't think that's going to happen in, in our lifetime. Maybe not ever. So. I, I don't know. Hmm. I think that I think technology has gone past the point where they're going to put warning labels on things. It's just going to continue to grow. I do think that sports gambling is going to be like cigarettes 30 years from now. I mean, I, I know that they already put warnings on everything, mm-hmm. but the way that they advertise it so much and it's so yeah. in your face and they advertise to to kids in college and stuff. I just think it's way too much. Where do you think it started? Do you think that fantasy football was or fantasy sports were like the uh, gateway gambling drug? I know people who they can't watch sports without sitting there and betting on it while they're watching. Yeah, that's that's not a fun way to watch sports. To it's me. not. I don't even like. I, I play fantasy football, and I, I really don't even like it very much. I feel like it's <laughs> taken away my enjoyment of the game. I used I to be that, able to just watch a game and enjoy the game for what it was. And now I can't because I'm too concerned with who's got that catch or who they just handed the ball off to and mm-hmm. how that impacts my team or my league. Yeah. It's, it's not even fun. And it, it's not the football is already entertaining. Yeah. You know, do we need to add other elements to it to make it more entertaining? I don't know. I think that's why I like watching playoff football because the fantasy season for me is over. Mm-hmm. I'm not in any playoff pools or anything. I don't bet on games. It's just enjoyable to just watch a football game for what it is. Yeah, I agree. Back right. on top. Anywho, um, after that little prologue, we get credits. That's a title sequence. And the music and titles definitely remind me of like an 8-bit video game. And I actually thought they were pretty cool. I don't think uh, just you didn't the get that vibe? font, just the font, the font and the music. I didn't pay much attention to the music. Uh, the music reminded me of like a, like a Nintendo game. Speaking of eight bit, and now I'm going way off topic again. Have you seen eight bit Christmas? We watched it um, this holiday season. Did you like it? Past, uh, we did. It was fun. It was, it's like my new favorite Christmas instant. It's like an instant Christmas classic for me. I thought it was so good. I've, I'm surprised it's not more popular because the movie I compare it to is probably a Christmas story. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, it, I mean, I'm sure they're way inspired by Christmas story when they made it, but it's, it's so good. And we also watched Christmas story Christmas this year. Yeah, the new, so did we, unfortunately. And I was so disappointed with it. It was not good. This one was just really funny and just really connects with my generation because of the whole Nintendo thing. Um, but my kids love it too. I, I just, I thought it was awesome. It was great. It's a great family movie. And I will probably never watch Christmas Story Christmas again. Yeah. Um, but I, I think 8-Bit Christmas will become like one of those movies we watch every year. Yeah. This, we watched, it came out in 2021. So this was our second time watching it. And Steve Zahn and uh, June Diane Raphael, Mm-hmm. The play the parents, which I mean, June Diane is from. Um, How did this, how did get, this made? get made? 
they're so good. They're both so good. And there's so many laugh out loud moments. Anyway, commercial. Yeah, it's funny. Over. I, I always <laughs> like Steve Zahn. He's solid. Yeah, he is. He's been around for a long time. After we watched um, The Shop Around the Corner at Christmas time, an old movie with Jimmy Stewart, which You've Got Mail was based on. Same story. So after we got done, we pulled up You've Got Mail, which was made in the late 90s, and he was in it. And I was like, and it, this was like the next day after we watched 8 Bit Christmas. And uh, he's just been around so long and he seemed so young in that movie. Yeah, he's um, been, I, I was going to say he's aged pretty well because I think he still looks pretty young. Yeah. He's had a good he's career. Been acting of, for 30 years. He's had a good career playing mostly character roles, not a lot of leading roles, but he's good. He, he does good work. He's great in uh, the first season of White Lotus. Oh, never saw it. Oh, I think you'd like HBO, it. HBO, right? Yeah. HBO? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Once again, <laughs> back to Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> Dur- All right. So during this title sequence, um, it's like interspersed with shots of a Camaro. Is that a Camaro? I think I'm it not, is, yeah. I'm not yep. really a car guy. Yeah. A Camaro driving really fast. Driving it- angry, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name <laughs> of a Nick Cage movie. It is. <laughs> Um, yeah, driving angry really fast and, uh, the car ends up running over some spikes in the road and the tires pop. It's and, a, it run, uh, runs, yeah, it runs over a spike strip, right? Yeah. They call the, the guy later calls it a, z- a zigzag. Yeah. I don't know what that, I, I don't know if that's the official that. name of that thing. That guy also but... isn't very bright. <laughs> Why do you say that? It's the way he's as, talking. As a character, he did not seem to be the brightest guy. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole town, it's a small town. The the driver of the car is uh, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, after he runs over the zigzag, he gets out of the car. I think he's got a pretty good look to him in this movie. Yeah, he's got short hair, short beard, sunglasses. Yeah, the not. beard is like shaped. You oh, know what I mean, I didn't know. I just noticed it was really short. Okay, yeah, it's like shaped. It's not like you know fully grown out. Like he's shaving like whatever it is, the cheek area, and really really shaping the beard. It doesn't go gotcha. all the way down his neck. I see. Yeah. And uh, he's wearing boots and jeans and a leather jacket and sunglasses. Like you said, I, he looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying for sure. He's driving a sports car, driving fast, got the look. And he's got uh-huh. like a, um, he's got like a case of punch <laughs> in his, tr- in his trunk. Well, what do you think that is? I thought it was beer. I it just it was- says punch. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a kind of beer. Maybe it's like a kind of monster energy drink or something. That's I don't know what, what I gathered. Or like, I don't know. Is that the is that the Jesus juice that Michael Jackson would give the I've children? Never, I've never heard that term before. You've never heard that? When he was on never. trial, there was this big thing about how he would give um, cans of a drink to kids and he would cover up the label of the drink and call it Jesus juice. This is the first I'm hearing of that. That's crazy. I don't think I ever watched a Michael Jackson trial. That wasn't everybody. It was huge. No, I watched the Johnny Depp trial. I watched watched a little bit of that. That was popular. Yeah. Everybody watched OJ. Um, So he guzzles down a can of this punch. I don't know why. I don't know what significance that has in the movie. Did you notice while he was standing there and they're only showing his boots that the shadow moved super fast across the ground. Yes. Like like five hours have passed and he's only been standing in that one spot. 
Yes, I did notice that. I didn't really understand it. Are we to believe that he never went back for another one? He just stood there all day waiting? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. He seems like someone who could just stand there all day waiting. For sure, yeah. But he's the type to open his trunk and crack open a beer and drink it fast. I feel like at some point he would have wanted another one. So the tow truck's coming. If that uh, was if that was a monster energy drink, it didn't do its job. <laughs> no, it didn't give him there. any any additional energy. <laughs> There's no way. As a matter of fact, it made him more sleepy. Yeah. Maybe that's the kind of punch it is. Maybe it is that Jesus juice. Yeah, it helps calm him down. Yeah. Yeah, he was that's it. He was fired up over his tires getting slashed and needed to drink his his calm down juice to to settle down a little bit. But it worked. A tow truck approaches and he just, he walks in front of it and stands in front of the truck as it's like coming to a stop, which I thought was really dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. Have you ever done that? No. I like stood in front of a moving vehicle and no. just assuming it's going to stop? No, I wouldn't do that. No, I've never done that either. I generally want to take care of my life. I'm kind of protective of it. Uh, so he gets in the cab and rides with the guy and they're, you know, going somewhere. Uh, the tow truck driver will not shut up. He's, he's just talking blabbering and smoking. He's the entire time he has a cigar in his mouth and he's also talking and they're almost to Hayesville. And it's got a sign there that says the home of Willie's Wonderland. So I guess this is kind of a landmark, uh, in the area, Willie's Wonderland. And the driver says, I don't know if this is important or not. It says a kid went. 150 miles an hour on that same stretch of road and went off tensions peak. Carnage was terrible. I don't know if this is going to be important later. Probably not. So is Hayesville a real place? No, I didn't look it up. I don't know. Is Willie's Wonderland a real place? I don't think so. What was the name of the amusement park in National Land Vacation? Wally World. Wally World. Okay. Maybe Maybe that's that's, why they changed it. Yes. Maybe that's why. They didn't want people to think it was based on Wally World. I wouldn't have made that connection. No. So now that we get a scene with a young woman, she's throwing gasoline all over something at, at Willie's Wonderland. But right before she can light it, she gets arrested. And this is the uh, lady cop who arrests her, the sheriff who we spoke about earlier. Um, you remember her name? I Beth Grant. Beth Grant. I think they're related. I They have some sort of relationship, it yeah. seemed like. We get to that in a second. Um, I think it, it seems like she's, she wants to burn down Willie's Wonderland. It does. Yep. I, I mean, she wants but to she's out in like the parking lot. Right. With the gasoline. Maybe she's already poured a bunch of gasoline or, or near, you know, closer to the building. The tow truck driver pulls up and he stops to talk to the cop. Uh, Cage is in there and he and the young woman share a really long look. I wasn't sure if they were into each other or if they recognized each other. What did you think? I just wrote down, do they recognize each other? Hmm. It looked like she recognized him for sure. You can't really see him behind his sunglasses. I don't know. I assume they recognize each other. The lady doesn't have time to talk to the tow truck driver. She takes the young lady who I am now assuming is her daughter back to their trailer and handcuffs her to a pipe and leaves. She's not going to let her go out and set fire to Willie's Wonderland. She says she'll be back in 24 hours. So right. you, 
You think she's leaving her daughter handcuffed for 24 hours? Seems like it. She tells her there's food, there's uh, a bucket to pee in. They don't have a good relationship. I, I think it definitely could be her daughter, but it also could just be this is a small town. They know each other. This girl is always getting into trouble. If it wasn't her daughter, wouldn't she have just taken her to jail? Why would she have brought her home? She doesn't seem like a pretty good sheriff. Because if she wasn't related to her, why would she take her to a home and handcuff her? I don't know. I think think it's a mother-daughter thing. Yeah, I I, I would buy that. Yeah. Uh, Now we're at the uh, tow truck. And Cage hasn't said a word at this point. He has not said a word. He's looking. There's a bunch of missing person flyers all over the wall, and he's staring at them. And uh, the tow truck driver says it'll be after everything. It'll be about a thousand dollars, and he only takes cash. Yeah, Cage gets like uh, gets his credit card out, and the guy's like, "Oh no, no, no! It's cash and up front." Yeah. So uh, Cage looks over, and we see his his like POV of an ATM that's out of order. So he has he he doesn't have the thousand dollars he needs. Yeah, and, and the-, <laughs> the guy's name is Jed. Oh, Jed. Okay. Yeah, I did catch that at some point. And uh, he offers Cage a job to to work off the $1,000. Yeah, because he's like, uh, oh, you don't have the cash? Who carries $1,000 in cash around? I don't carry $20. I don't carry $2 I never have cash in my wallet. Yeah. I don't know who would have $1,000 in cash. So, and, and he says, because Hayesville doesn't have internet, no ATMs in Hayesville work. How did they ever get installed then? I don't, right, that doesn't I make don't, any sense. It makes no sense. That's dumb. Although there were, there were ATMs before the internet, way well before, fifteen years before, ten years before, there were ATMs. AT, yeah, ATMs have been around forever. So, yeah, why would you need internet for ATMs? Uh, maybe he's lying. I think he is lying. I think the whole thing is a scam because he asks if Cage would like to work it off, and Cage says yes. The driver calls somebody and says, "I got a guy." There seems to be a scam here. Do you think all these townspeople, I mean, we've only met a couple so far, but do you think they're in cahoots to somehow get people to come to their town and go to Willie's Wonderland? All of them? No. I think this guy and the owner of Willie's Wonderland are definitely working together. Oh, okay. And I think the spike strip is probably set by one of these guys. As a setup. Yes. Did they intentionally set up Cage's character or just whoever happened to come through I think through he first. just happened to be coming through. It's They're just going to get someone who comes through. And if they fit the bill, they'll offer them the deal. You can work it off. If not, mm. they probably just repair the truck and car or whatever and get them out of there. I did notice when uh, Jed makes the phone call, he's got a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> and it's a much longer one from when he was driving the truck earlier. I swear the cigar in his mouth when he's talking on the phone is a Slim Jim. <laughs> it looks just like a Slim Jim. Maybe it is. I'll bet it is. And it's lit? No, it's not lit. Maybe it is a Slim Jim. I'll bet it's a Slim Jim. Oh, do you think it's... Maybe it's do supposed you think to be a Slim Jim. It's supposed to be a Slim Jim. Yeah. But he's, done with he's a holding cigar. his mouth like it's a cigar. Yeah, he's moved on to a jerky. Uh, I mean, I did that when I was a kid, pretending a Slim Jim was a cigar. I'm sure a lot of kids did. But this is a grown man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he's also uh, simple. He lives off of cigars and Slim Jims. Yeah. 
So the last thing I saw was Cage getting dropped off at Willy's Wonderland. And uh, I did notice there's like a, some spray paint on the building that says bulldoze this building. Okay. So I can walk us through this because I went to 11 minutes uh, on accident. They get to Willie's Wonderland. The owner of Willie's Wonderland, a guy named Tex, offers uh, Cage's character to spend the night cleaning Willie's Wonderland because he wants to reopen the place and the owner will pay his debt. So $1,000 for a night of cleaning. And yes, outside, it says there's a lot of graffiti, what you said, plus there's another one that says kid killers. So nice. that's where I stop. Okay. So I, I think they're working together to bring people in to stay the night at Willie's Wonderland so they can, whatever their business is, they need people. Victim. What is their business? I don't know. Is Cage a good guy or a bad guy? Cage is a good guy. I think he's a good guy, but I also think he's some sort of like anti-hero. He, I don't think he's traditionally a good guy. If he was driving through most towns, he probably wouldn't be seen as a good guy. But in he's, this movie, he'll be the protagonist. Yeah. He's a drifter, is yeah. what they call those type of people. I think the bad guy here is is Tex and any whatever's going on in Willie's Wonderland. Man, I know it I know it wasn't, but I wish Tex was played by Don Johnson. Could have been for some reason I pictured Don Johnson as, as the Tex. The guy who the guy who plays him looks a lot like him. Does he? Yeah, it's it's very similar. Um, so I don't think there's uh, predictions for me. I don't think there's any plan to reopen Willie's Wonderland. This is just a way to get victims into the building. When they enter, I think there's some sort of like saw meets the most dangerous game thing going on. Like that someone or something, maybe the animatronics, they're hunting the victims in the midst of all these children's games or whatever is going on in Willie's Wonderland. Uh, yeah, and I think that this, I probably the rest of the movie takes place over the course of one night, right? Because they say, yeah. spend one night here cleaning it up. Yep. Um, do you think that little girl is still in there? Yes. Um, because where could she have gone? Yeah, I think she's still in there. She's like the only survivor left, I guess. Yeah, that sounds good. And I, he's I'll got a... He's got to save her. He's got to battle the monsters or the animatronics and he's got to save her. Yeah. I think the young woman who wanted to destroy the place, she's going to find her way back over there. She'll get out of the handcuffs or whatever, and she's going to end up inside with Cage and they're going to take this place down together. I agree. And I also think the last shot of the movie is going to be her and Cage leaving town together. Mm, okay. his Camaro. So well, I don't know if it's in his Camaro because maybe it had to be a different car. Could be. Yeah. Might be a different car. Maybe, or maybe this shot truck. is just those two walking out of Willie's Wonderland together. Is there a romantic interest in between these two characters? Yeah, I think so. I think so. She seemed a lot younger than him. Yeah, that's okay. It's the, it's the movies of the 10 or of the nine movies we've seen so far. Has he had any, on-screen physical interaction with a love interest other than that one terrible kiss he shared with the girl in Kill Chain. He had a scene with, um, I can't remember her name, but he had a scene in Pay the Ghost, remember? In the first Where 10 was, minutes. Yep. He had a wife in Pay the Ghost. Did he? Did they do anything? No, they didn't. I think 
she wanted to, but he was too tired or something. Mm. He's had a wife or a girlfriend and pay the ghost grand Isle humanity bureau and running with the devil. Um, plus his character seemed to be interested in Famke Johnson in primal. I think the only mm. on-screen kiss he's had is with the girl in kill chain. And I remember specifically because we noted how terrible it was. It was terrible. Yeah. Maybe he's just gotten too old for that shit. Maybe. Maybe he did. That's part of his deal. Now he just doesn't do it. No, he's, no kissing, <laughs> no kissing. Maybe it's, maybe he wants to remain a pure for his, his wives. He, when you say wives, cause he's been married so many times. He is, he does consider himself a family man. He's always said family is really important to him. And maybe that's some sort of, I don't know, moral code that he has in his real life that he doesn't want any on-screen like makeout sessions or anything. Well, you see in Hollywood how often it happens that two people who work together in a movie end up together. I think it's because they're playing roles where their characters are falling for each other and they fall for each other at the same time. Right. And then it ends up not lasting because it was all built on a relationship that was written by someone. Mm -hmm. But if you take that, that temptation out of it and you don't really have much to go on when you're acting, there's not a lot of temptation to continue the relationship or actually fall in love with the person. So yeah, I could see that he could say, Hey, no, nothing physical. Right. Hmm. Maybe. Do you think he, talks in this movie good question if he hasn't by now i don't know why he would need to i mean if you if you're not going to talk for the first 10 minutes and it's only a what 88 minute movie i mean you're already like 12 right yeah there. why set up why set things up in the first 10 minutes of him being a mute if he's just going to start talking later there's a few things that could happen he could say nothing the whole movie he could all of a sudden start talking, or I think he could just say one line the whole movie. All right. I, maybe, okay, we should probably make a prediction here. I think uh, he does have like one or two lines. I'll, the then I'll stay, I'll say he stays mute. Okay. Because he could be like a, like Mr. Bean, <laughs> where he he's primarily doesn't talk, but he'll, he'll sneak in like one or two lines. Okay. Good prediction. I did. Uh, I did want to say one thing, especially that we're talking about predictions. I have a uh, a correction from Running with the Devil. Now that I read the uh, synopsis, the guy at the end that I said might be a Colombian agent, federal agent or something. Yeah, Clifton Collins Jr. That was incorrect. He is the farmer, and so he is the drug maker, and he he was out delivering drugs. Oh. And the, I think the point of that scene was that the machine just doesn't stop. Even though they killed Lawrence Fishburne and they killed Nick Cage, this guy is still out making his deliveries to all the different Nick Cages and Lawrence Fishburnes that he's working with. And that's why they show him just continue on doing his thing. That does fit with the theme of the movie. Yeah. I kind of like your explanation better because it kind of it gives a little bit of hope at the end that no. this guy is going to find the farm. There's no hope. Uh, that's <laughs> depressing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good for this week? Yeah, I think that's good. All you right. know what? I'm going to tell you, I don't hate this movie so far. 
No, not terrible. We've said that before, though, about the first 10 minutes of a movie. Right. And then it just fell apart. But I think this movie kind of teased me enough in the first 10 minutes that I do want to continue just to see what happens. Yeah. But I'm not going to. I'm going to watch the last 10 minutes per the rules of this podcast, and we'll talk about it in a couple days. Sounds good. I will talk to you then. Thanks, Steve. All right. See ya. All right. See ya. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends and find us on Instagram at Hold the Middle. 